morning, New Hope. Good to be with you. Good to be with you again. I got to be here a couple weeks ago. I always love coming here and uh, catching uh, Jesus among you. So great to be with you. Most of our lives, we, we have this silly illusion that we're in control, right? And then something happens where we see the hand of God, that the sovereign God actually is in control of time, in control of our lives, the one who created everything and knows us intimately. You know, this happened for me a while back. I was going to seminary in, in sunny California, in Pasadena, California. And uh, a lot of my, my fellow students in the, you know, training to be in the ministry, to, to go on to be pastors, got, got nice gigs at uh, rich suburban churches where they could, you know, get paid for their internships. But I knew I was called to Northwest Pasadena to a small African-American church, Church of Christ Holiness. Good news. And uh, I just loved being there. They couldn't pay me, so I got a job as a waiter and, and funded some of that. But I had a friend in a prayer circle in my seminary, and he started out of the blue supporting me monthly. Give me, I forget if it was 50 or $100, because he valued. And you know what was crazy? This friend Mark was a white Afrikaner. It means he came from South Africa. And if you know anything about the early 90s, this was at the time of apartheid, in South Africa, one of the most racist places on earth where Nelson Mandela was in prison. And so a white guy from South Africa is funding me to work with African-American youth in the hood. Crazy. Well, years passed and I got a call to, to go to Park Avenue Methodist in Minneapolis and to, to be a youth pastor in the hood there and love doing ministry. And then things changed and God opened a door. He started to give me a vision to do what I, I've talked before about the Dynamites hockey ministry in Minneapolis. But before I started, you know, officially doing it, God was just putting this on my heart. Out of the blue, he starts sending me monthly support again. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he said, I know God has something for you. Blew me away. I, I called my dad. I said, Dad, can you believe this? I haven't even started fundraising for this ministry. And he said, John, that's God's prevenient grace. That's God's grace going before you, saying, I've got a plan for you. I gave you this vision, and I'm going to like bring a white guy from South Africa to fund your work in the hood of Minneapolis. And when those things happen, right, we are humbled and we stand in awe of a God who sovereignly appoints our times, controls this life, when heaven breaks through in your life like that, you stand in amazement. We're in week three of the series, Under the Sun, going through the book of Ecclesiastes. And, and I don't know about you, but I've been had a, a great time, right? And, and looking at this book of, of Solomon, you know, the richest man, wisest man on earth, first of all, searching every path under the sun for, for meaning and saying it's meaningless, Right? And so, encouraging us to have a brutally honest search of our life, of where are we finding meaning under the sun. And secondly, that this wisdom is essentially that we find about relationship, right? Wisdom is essentially about relationship with God. And that, that relationship, then we can have satisfaction and meaning and purpose with what we do under the sun. 
Well, this week we turn to chapter 3 in Ecclesiastes, and in the opening of um, chapter 3, maybe you don't read the good book all the time, but maybe you remember, if you're old enough, Pete Seeger or the birds that kind of immortalized these words, to everything, turn, turn, there is a season, turn, turn, and to a time, to every purpose under heaven. Well, you good folk rockers, you, that comes right from these words of, of Ecclesiastes 3. Listen as I, I read the opening scripture from Ecclesiastes 3. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. There is a time for everything. Our big idea, if you don't get anything else, get this, church. God's sovereign control of time invites us to worship, to rest, and to eternalize moments with him. Solomon writes, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. You know what? I got ahead of myself. That's farther on. So just hold that thought, okay? So our big idea is that God's sovereign control of time invites us to worship, to rest, and to eternalize moments with him. So first of all, we need to know that our time is ordered under the sun. Luke makes this this statement in Acts 17.26. For one man, he made the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. Have you ever wondered why you're born now and why you're born here and not in China and or Thailand in 1620? God has a purpose. God's divine timing has a divine purpose. And in the opening, uh, opening lines, it says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. This word season is literally an appointed occasion. So this is not random time, right? This is not just killing time. This is God-ordained, God-sovereign time. What season are you in now? And do you see the hand of God reigning over your time, over your season, over your life? There was a man who asked God, God, how long is a second to you? And God responded, a thousand years. And he said, well, God, how how much is a penny to you? And God responded, a million dollars. So the man got up his nerve and said, God, uh, could you give me a penny? And God responded, sure, just give me a second. (laughs) Our meaning, the search for meaning is found in his divine timing. Everything, all time, is under God's control. And even the deep sorrows of life, God does miracle math, right? Where the hard things, he turns to good. 
couple years ago, uh, your awesome campus pastor, Pastor Eric, I've said before that uh, we, we go way back, and, and he was a part of uh, our dynamite hockey ministry. But he said something to me that, that blew me away when actually we were on the men's retreat at Covenant Pines just a couple years ago. And he said, John, when you were leaving that ministry, God was calling me out after 13 years to do that ministry to plant a church in South Minneapolis. And, and, and Eric said that he had this fleeting thought, there goes my friend John. But then God spoke to him and said, you'll be with him again. Fast forward several years, we uh, go through different ministries and we just, you know, are being invited to come to New Hope. So Aaron and I kind of nonchalantly check out the Cambridge campus one Sunday. Pastor Bill's kind of stalking me and saying, hey, come on board, be a part of New Hope here. And we get to church, right? And who's on stage strumming the guitar but Eric? And God would say years before, hey, right? You'll be with him again. And when that happens, and when you see things happen, right? And you notice God's hand, God going before you saying, I have a plan. I'm with you. I'm in the fire. Hang on. This has a purpose. It humbles you. And it reminds you. Again, our big idea. God's sovereign control of time invites us to worship, to rest in him, and to eternalize moments with him. Wisdom that would be good for men and women to come to is to recognizing we are not God. And to arrive at the contentment that God places everything in order, and it's not our power to alter the place or the time. Now to the place I was before. Solomon writes, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Let's admit it, right? If it's up to us, we'd skip the sad stuff and just go to the dancing part, right? We don't like those parts of our story often. We don't like being in those hard seasons, but, but sometimes we need to step back, to step above to God's perspective, to see the tapestry that he is weaving in our life. One of my spiritual uh, fathers, Pastor Arthur Rauner, was one of the most successful, uh, uh, revered pastors in the Twin Cities in the 70s of Colonial Church of Edina. And God was moving in his life. The Holy Spirit was moving in his life. And he used him to, to get several Twin Cities churches to, to bring aid to the starvation in the eastern uh, horn of Africa. But as the Spirit was working, sometimes in the church, we don't like, uh, we like to control things like we do in life, right? And so he was fired from being pastor while being one of the most successful pastors. That's a time to weep, a time to mourn, right? When you feel something, the rug pulled out from under you. But God was doing something. And God, uh, through world vision, invited him and his wife into Rwanda right after the genocide. You know, we, we talk about 9-11. Well, Rwanda had 9-11 daily for a year. And the Holy Spirit invited them into Rwanda, and they developed the Pilgrim Center for Reconciliation, where they, they brought wounded, hurting people, Hutus and Tutsis, together on a prayer retreat, where they were reconciled and healed. And there's people in our church that we've done this ministry, the Pilgrim Center for Reconciliation. They've been healed deep in their heart. 
at one of the hardest parts of my ministry life, God used Dr. Rounder to speak to me. And he said, I couldn't do what I'm doing today if I hadn't have gone through what I did back then. I couldn't be a part of this healing ministry that's worldwide and healing arts if I didn't get fired from my job and go through that loss. God's in control. God's in control of our lives. He is sovereign over time, the Lord and creator, the sustainer, the redeemer, the holy one. He is the maker. He has sovereignly appointed us. He has plans for us to use hard for good, whether we can see it or not. So church, how are we using our time? Most people are not strategic about time. They, they let the world they let others, selfish interests, guide their time. Do you know that uh, last week in Ecclesiastes 2, in 26 verses, Solomon used the word I 27 times. He used me or myself 28 times in 26 verses. Is our time about us or is it about us and others, us and God? How are we using our time? How are we seeing God in our time? So first of all, our time is ordered under the sun. And secondly, our time is eternal with the sun. Follow along as I read, as it goes on in Ecclesiastes 3, starting at verse 9. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. God's sovereign control of time invites us to worship, to rest, and eternalize moments with him. Once we accept the glory of God and begin to grow in wisdom and grow in relationship and in awe of our God who's in control, we find out that this is really good for us. This is how we're wired to glorify him and enjoy him. And that allows for great joy and rest and peace of mind. If we don't trust him, right? If we don't rest in him, Solomon points out that there's a great burden. And the burden comes when we put ourselves in the God spot, right? And we think we can control life or we can control others. You passive aggressive Minnesotans, you. Doesn't work. There's only one person that controls. There's only one person that should be in the God spot, and that's God. Last week in Ecclesiastes 2, um, Solomon was wrestling with this issue of control when he was saying everything is meaningless, right? And he's saying all my toil and all this wealth that I've accumulated, it's meaningless because it's just going to go on to someone else who didn't earn it. Well, why is he wrestling with? He's wrestling with that control. It's not his stuff to begin with, right? We're just stewards of what God gives us. It's God's. And so if we're trying to control it, how we have it, how others get what we have, 
We need to submit to him, to rest in him. God, you, you got this life. You got my plans. You have everything in control. You alone are the blessed controller of all things. 1 Timothy 6. That's how life under the sun is meant to be. Recognizing his sovereign control, worshiping him and receiving that rest, laying our burdens at his feet. When we begin to do that, we open ourselves up to this glorious truth that Solomon reveals in verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. When we are worshiping, when we are resting in his control, we take our eyes off of that which is just natural, that which is just finite, and we, we look to him. And we begin to see his hand at work. We begin to see him appointing the times. And we can say everything is beautiful in its time. Has God done this in your life? Has he divinely given you something that you look back and you go, he said something, he pointed to something, and it happens months or years later. Many times we miss those things because of our pride or because the the prisons we put ourselves in of regret or blaming God or lack of faith, and we are just focused on us, on the natural, and we miss out of his hand at work. He has put eternity in the hearts of men. This is wisdom. This is what true meaning is. Augustine said, Our hearts are restless till we find our rest in thee. We are made for perfect love. We are made for a love that never dies. We are made for an eternal relationship with God. He has put eternity into our hearts. I don't know if you remember the pastor, Tony Campolo. When I was in high school, he was uh, a lot on video. I, mean, I think I sat in church, Sunday school, and high school, and like we watched on an actual like feel film reel. Like that's so long ago. But he had this concept of eternalizing moments, and he said, "Well, we're in eternity now, right? Eternity is kind of now, but not yet. Now we're saved, right? If we accept Jesus, He saved us, and we can eternally be with Him. But it's not yet. It's not where we're in heaven, where it's, you know." No more tears. And so there's this concept of now but not yet. And he's talked about eternalizing moments. Since we're in eternity now, we can eternalize moments and bring them with us to heaven. And so I remember I took my last final at the University of Minnesota. And I stood kitty corner on University Avenue from Williams Arena. I'm walking home and I said, whew, this feels good. And I... I Put in my mind, I'm eternalizing this moment. I'm carrying this moment, no more college finals, with me to eternity. And it felt good, right? It was a good gift from God to eternalize. Good gifts that God gives. Man, this is part of eternity. I'm in this loving relationship with my Heavenly Father, and He, he loves me, and He's given me this gift. I want to I eternalize this moment of a kid being born, of people coming to Jesus. I want to eternalize these moments and carry with, with to eternity. 
God's sovereign control of time invites us to worship, to rest, and to eternalize moments with him. Last week at the, at the Union Gospel Mission, I bring people every couple months and we do, a, we do a worship service there. The Union Gospel Mission is having gospel services every day for about 117 years. And it's hard, right? I mean, it's, there's a lot of brokenness there. There's a lot of hurting among the homeless and the poor and the addicted. But Jesus loves the men there at the mission, the women, the children at the mission. And I, uh, I brought a couple of my mid-80-year-old young whippersnapper friends from my former church who just love Jesus. And they've been with me there to the mission before. And I've watched these men so humbly invite the men there into the goodness of God. Art Perry is a traveling crusade singing evangelist. He uh, got saved as an adult and left the club scene with his wife, and God opened the door to do missions worldwide. He's been in 60 countries. Art grew up on the same street with Chubby Checker and Frankie Avalon. Whole lot of talent on that street, amen? And I watched him just love these men and sing and share with every race there how God loves them. And Dr. Bob was the former pediatric surgeon of Mayo Clinic. He worked at Children's Hospital in Minneapolis. He helped set up a children's hospital in Colorado Springs. Quite a resume, right? He goes weekly to the mission and leads a Bible study. I want to tell you, everything is beautiful in its time. As they gave an altar call, there's about 70 men there, 40 men raised their hands to say yes to Jesus. That is beautiful in its time. Dr. Bob told how he's got journals full of how God would perform miracles while he was doing surgeries. And children's hospitals have some of the hardest cases, right? And he would, he would pray. He would say, God, I don't know what to do here. Would you give me wisdom? Show me how to help this child, how to help this family. And he'd say it was like God would show him stuff, like God would work. God's in us, right? So he's just having this relationship. He's praying. He's just asking God for wisdom, but it's such a relational wisdom. And he would get done. He would really eternalize these moments. And he would say, God, you must have had so much fun. You were doing that. I wasn't doing that. You showed me how to do that. That is wisdom. Wisdom's not some rational kind of idea. Wisdom is God has put eternity into your heart and mind. And he wants to live in us and he wants to breathe in us and he wants to redeem us and he wants to call out the gifts that he has in you. And he wants you to be in relationship with him and relationship with others. He wants to walk with you, talk with you, and appoint the times of your life so his glory can go throughout this land. What are you still seeking in the natural world? 
to fulfill your spiritual world. Humble yourselves before the God of heaven, and he will show you the times he has for you. He will show you the plans he has for you. He will reveal wisdom to you. And it'll be beautiful in its time. Church, we're going to, during the final song here, we're going to receive communion. And here at New Hope, uh, it's it's all safe, okay? It's gluten-free and it's grape juice. But we still believe that this is a sacrament of the church. A sacrament of the church is it's a means of grace. It's a means of receiving Jesus when you come and you receive it. And if you need to bring it to us, just hold your hand and someone will bring it to you, okay? But this is Christ's body broken for you. This is Christ's blood shed for you for the forgiveness of our sins. And today it's not only a means of grace, it's a means of wisdom. So I invite you in this time, take a minute of reflection and come up anytime during the song and ask God, what moments does he want to eternalize with you? What broken things in your life does he want to make beautiful? What events in your life does he want to open your eyes so you can see his sovereign, eternal purpose. Would you pray with me? Jesus, you are the bread of life. You are the living water. You're our savior, our redeemer. You're our friend. You're our brother. You're the one who has opened up heaven to us. You've opened up eternity to us. And we can walk in that eternity now with you. We can walk in relationship with you. Heavenly Father, we pray that you speak over each heart over each soul, over each mind today. Have your way, Lord God. Whatever burdens we need to lay down, whatever false thinking we need to lay down, Father God, may we hear your truth. May we see your hand, the eternal hand of God over our lives. We just pray in the name of Jesus that anything not of you fades away. Meet your people today, Jesus. Meet each one the way they need you to meet them. Fill them with your presence. Fill them with your joy. Fill them with your hope. Thank you, Jesus, that life is not meaningless. When we have you, the author and giver of life, in your mighty name, amen.